Hey everybody, this is Justin from FrugalSnobs.com, and before we get into another episode of the award-winning on-demand auto experience, never won an award, but that could all translate to say that is the Frugal Snobs podcast. I just wanted to take a moment to thank everyone for your continued listenership and loyalty to this show. It really helps us out. If you haven't done so already, please do make sure that you subscribe uh, by subscribing on iTunes and or by subscribing on Google Play Music. You can also add us to your Stitcher playlist or check us out on TuneIn Radio. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can go to frugalsnobs.com and register while you're there. Folks, again, it helps us out. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash frugalsnobs on the Twitter at twitter.com slash frugalsnobs. Tweet us at frugalsnobs or use the hashtag Frugal Snobs to keep the discussion going, folks. If you'd like to see images of all of our great content at frugalsnobs.com, you can check us out on Tumblr by going to frugalsnobs.tumblr.com. And of course, folks, you can check out select video episodes of this podcast as well as all of our short-form content by checking out our YouTube channel by going to videos. That's v-i-d-e-o-s.frugalsnobs.com. All right, folks, enjoy the episode this week. Be well, never pay retail, and I hope everyone enjoys the show. Hey everybody, this is Justin from FrugalSnobs.com. Today is Sunday, July 31st, 2016, and welcome to episode 64 of the award-winning on-demand auto experience. It's never won an award, but that got all chances we'd like to say that is the Frugal Snobs podcast. Now, I have brought Christina with me. Say hello. Hello. So this week we're going to talk about making a deal, and we have a lot of other things to talk about as well, including a couple of really nice updates and announcements. So, how are you doing today, Christina? Pretty good, you? I'm doing pretty well. So, you have a project review for us, do you not? Yes, we are doing the Godiva, it's called no- Noblesse. The Godiva Noblesse? Yes, from 1959. It's, we're still in the 90th anniversary pack, so... 1959? Yes. From Godiva? Yes. Or, by the way, I don't want to stop you here, but I'm going to. I heard, allegedly, allegedly, folks, this week at least, that the actual name of the company is pronounced Godiva? Not Godiva, not Godiva, even though I like Godiva because it's hilarious. But I've heard it's pronounced Godiva, and I don't think that's really true, but we'll do some research on that. So you have the Godiva, or the Godiva, or the Godiva Noblesse, right? Yes, from 1959. Okay, so what is this thing? I'm just reading their description here. The Drapes family loved holiday in Italy. This elegant chocolate is an interpretation of a traditional Italian recipe of rich hazelnut praline, skillfully blended with a smooth milk chocolate. I like to holiday in Italy myself. <laughs> so go ahead and take a, a bite there. Actually, before I take a bite, i got to take off the nice gold wrapper. Oh, yeah, that would help. <laughs> because they wrap it in a nice... That would help. Pretty solid gold foil. Okay. Definitely a solid piece. By the way, folks, I'm not partaking in this piece. This is all Christina, so... Very rich. There's no way for any of this, so I was expecting a crunch, and it was just nothing but a fudge-like texture. So you were expecting more of that praline outer shell? Yeah. And you didn't get it? Nothing. So on a hot day like today, we're sitting here in the studio with the AC blasting, the air conditioning, that is. Are you a fan of this on a hot day? Absolutely not. Ah, see, I, try, I tried to warn her, folks. This is why I did not partake in a product review of a Godiva piece this week, because it's too warm. It's, very been, it's been very, I'm very warm. I'm trying to stay loyal to the customers and give them the reviews they want. So, loyal to our, our listeners? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, as a, as a loyal Godiva customer, what is, what is your take on this? How many stars would you give it? Two and a half. Two and a half star snob rating? 
Yes, it's just, it, it's deceptive. Reading the description and then taking a bite, totally deceptive. Ah, all right, folks. That is the Godiva or the Godiva or the Godiva. No beliefs. Check it out, folks, at your own risk. Again, from 1959, from the, what, the 90th anniversary? Yes, collection. All right, excellent. All right, so that is our first product review. Do you also want to give a quick review for the Caribou uh, coffee that we picked up yesterday? Because I'll tell the story, and then we can talk about it. Sure. All right, so... Everybody, Christina is a slither, if you will, of deals. And by the way, again, I'm using my if you will. Again, it's my first strike on this episode. I'm trying to break myself without a habit. So, actually, this week we were able to pick up a really awesome deal on, I think, a 32-ounce mm-hmm. uh, caribou coffee. I believe we, got, we picked up the chocolate mocha. Yes. Right? It's a refrigerated coffee beverage, folks. Very similar to what you would find from Starbucks. Very similar to the Frappuccino line. Um, but we were able to pick up a 32-fluid-ounce container from a local giant grocery store for absolutely free but wait there's more it wasn't free though they paid us that's true like i said but wait there's more so this particular product i think carries a, a retail price of 399 $3.89. $3.89. $3.89. $3.89 us folks and again i want to stress here us because we're going to talk about canadian currency here shortly uh. anyway so 389 us was absolutely free uh being a a loyalty uh, reward program member with Giant Foods uh, picked up this particular container of the chocolate mocha again similar to a frappuccino from Caribou Coffee very large container 32 ounces folks so it contains four servings we were able to pick this up for absolutely free but wait as Christina said there's more we were actually paid because I believe Christina you also loaded a 50 cent coupon no 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 okay explain I, I lo- the store gave everyone 50 cents off regardless of if the product was free or not right correct and then I loaded <clears throat> the coupon to get a free one. And the value they, that they assigned to the free coupon was for the original retail price of three eighty nine. And then, so basically, they charged you the tax on $3.89, but then that came out of the 50-cent coupon that was yes. also applied. Correct. So you were actually paid $0.42 cents to get this. To, to pick something up. So basically, you were paid to try the item. Exactly. <laughs> All right. By the way, folks, there's a tweet out there to prove this on Twitter. Again, check it out. Uh, you can check us out at Frugal Snobs on Twitter, and you'll see there actually is a tweet from yesterday that basically shows the, the, the store receipt, the 42 actual cents in currency, in coinage, and the actual container for the caribou coffee. Now, we took this caribou coffee, I believe half of the container, so yes. what, 16 ounces of yes. it? We took the 16 ounces of the caribou coffee, and we blended it uh, with, I believe, a, a block of ice cream yes. um, and chocolate protein. Yes. Chocolate whey protein. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty good. It actually made a decent, a couple of decent, what would you say, maybe 12 ounce or so containers yeah. maybe. I mean, we think we added a little bit extra to it mm-hmm. um, just to get to 24 ounces. So I think the ice cream actually helped to thicken that up a little bit to get us to 24 ounces. So um, not bad. Um, I thought it was a little bit chocolatey, a little too malted for my taste. But the coffee beverage itself does taste pretty decent. Again, it tastes very similar to a mocha that you would have from really any other vendor of uh, iced coffee beverages like Starbucks or, or Skinny Cow or anyone like that. So what do you think of it, Christina? I would probably give it a three-star snob rating. I would say three and a half. I mean, it was decent. I mean, you got to keep in mind that you tried it with having everything else thrown in with it. That's true. And I also can't complain about a truly free item. Yeah, we were paid to try it. I mean, a 32-ounce container. We're not talking about a 9-ounce small container here, folks, like you would with a Skinny Cow, for example. I mean, this thing was 32 ounces. I mean, it, 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 it's pretty decent. Um, for anybody who drinks liquid coffee creamer, like from Coffee Mate or anything like that, this container is about the size of a standard Coffee Mate container, so it's it's pretty decent. So 
we're going to try it again with a dip with different protein flavors in it and we'll report on that later on as well so all right so free item right got your godiva 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 piece in. yeah um do you want to talk about the boneheads this week absolutely all right so let me take a sip of coffee here so christina can you explain this lane change problem that you experienced okay on friday i you, you weren't ready to leave work because you were on a conference call. Yes, I was. So I I've been on more of those than I'd like to be lately, by the way. <laughs> I decided to at least fill my taste buds for, with, with what I was craving and run to the local grocery store to pick up dinner. Mm-hmm. And, and chicken filet, basically prefabbed breaded chicken filets from Tyson. Yes. All right. Which, they're pretty large. Yeah, they were. They were actually very good. But anyway, you're on your way to the grocery store, and what happens? I go around the turn... Get, turn, which turn? A, a steep turn? A blind turn? What kind of turn? Um, it's basically, um... You had an intersection through a stop? What? It wasn't a, no, it was it was at an intersection, but it veered off prior <coughs> to getting to the light. Okay. And I'm in the lane. I don't have a yield, like we talked about last week. So go back to that episode, folks. Episode 63, Christina educates everyone from driversed.com about what it means to yield. So, I ahead. did not have a yield for this turn. Okay. This lady was not paying attention whatsoever. Why well, does it not surprise me here? Uh, true. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Hold on. I don't want to stop you, but I am okay. gonna, I'm going to. Folks, if you are in the D.C. metro area, we apologize to you, or maybe we don't. Pay attention. If you're not in the D.C. metro area, but you're in a major city around the world, you know exactly what we're talking about. People do not pay attention. Their phones are distracting. They're small children. They don't that they have with them, they don't pay attention or they just don't know how to drive their, their cars. Or they don't check their blind spots. Again, they don't know how to drive their cars. <laughs> and besides, you know what a blind spot is, right? Yeah. You know what mine is? What? Two beers and a blonde. <laughs> <laughs> Two beers and a blonde. But, but you're the only blonde, so. Thank you. You're welcome. So go ahead. Sorry. That's okay. I no sooner get turned on to this road, which is kind of like a major highway, <laughs> And, um... Sorry, I'm laughing when you said this road that's kind of a major highway. There's a big difference between a road and a major highway. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a high traffic road is what it is. Okay. It's not technically a highway because it doesn't have that many lanes like okay. a highway. So it's a very busy thoroughfare. Correct. How's that? Yes, that's right. what I was I have trying a to allude to. sometimes. Yes. <laughs> so. And it, it can get busy, but it also splits. Where you take one side, you avoid the uh, the risk of getting thrown onto the major highway, mm-hmm. or you go on the other side, and you can, there's a one lane that you use as a pass-through. So, basically, you're on your way to the grocery store. This woman, you didn't have a yield. This woman, who was not paying attention... Just, just decides to cut over. Decides to change lanes with no signal. No. You mean using no directional signal, no indicator, no turn signal. Nothing. Nothing. Just cuts over. Yes. Really? Yes. Really, and she didn't have enough car lengths in front of you to basically... Half a car. Half a car. I, she would have ripped off my entire front end. That's ridiculous. People, and she didn't people. Look, and that's what I mentioned last, but she did not turn to see if there was any oncoming traffic in the lane she wanted to change into. People just do not pay attention. This is why accidents happen, and this is why people are killed. I, I hate to sound morbid, but it's true. This is why people are killed in auto accidents. Pay attention... And behave, people. Let, First, let, go ahead. Let me just read this from driversedguru.com. Okay. Making the lane change. <laughs> okay. First off, what is it? Your lane is ending, so you have to move over. <coughs> Was that you the case pl- for you? No. 
However, there was a, a, a however, this woman did not maintain her lane either. But anyway, go ahead. Good. You plan to turn at an upcoming intersection that requires you to be in another lane. You are approaching hazards or obstacles in your lane. Well, are you a hazard or obstacle? Because some might, might, <laughs> some might argue that you're a hazard yourself. Oh, so the lady, I'm definitely a hazard. To the lady that beeped at me at the red light, yeah, yeah I am I, a hazard. I am definitely a hazard as well. So go ahead. Uh, and lastly, the vehicle in front of you is driving slower than the speed limit. You want to pass safely, uh-huh. which is not the case. So, so this incident didn't really qualify for any of those items. Correct. Okay. And um, or is that simply what would cause or necessitate a lane change? When you should change a lane. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And then now making the lane change first. Make sure it is safe to change lanes by looking to see if there are any pedestrians, vehicles, or other obstacles in your planned path of travel. Hello, you were in a vehicle. <laughs> All right, so I got that one. What's next? Next, turn on your turn signal. You want other vehicles around you to be aware that you plan on changing lanes. Did we not talk about this last week? <laughs> Let people know what your intentions are. Okay? Using your turn signal identifies and indicates what your intentions are. Go ahead. Once you have determined that there is ample room <laughs> and time for you to enter a new lane, you can smoothly move into the new lane. You try not to laugh because I'm over here laughing. I'm sorry. It's funny. To me, it's funny. This is even better. Do not turn the wheel abruptly or sharply, causing the car to jerk into the new lane. Really? Really? That's exactly what she did. Exactly. <laughs> I had to tap the horn, wake her up, because apparently she was daydreaming no, and thinking no, I wasn't there. No, your, your tapping of a horn is not the traditional <laughs> one-second tap. Your tap is about 15 seconds. That's if I'm upset. Your hand falls asleep. <laughs> your hand falls asleep. It's better than my finger falling asleep. That's true. You need both of those. And everybody knows what <laughs> finger I'm talking about, everybody. So After you're in a new lane, turn off your turn signal and readjust your speed. Wow. Wow. The fact that you had, that has to be documented. Yes. I mean, and the fact you had to call that out, that's horrible. Thank you, Driver's Ed Guru. Yes, thank you, driversedguru.com. Go check it out, folks, and also go check out driversed.com as well. Again, let the people know what your intentions are. Be safe on the road. First bonehead of the week. Ugh, okay. Second bonehead of the week is to this gentleman out there on an online auction site who's selling a roll of, of United States five-cent coins, so nickels, everybody. Selling a roll of nickels. A roll of nickels is typically two U.S. dollars, everyone. He's selling it right now from a given year. I believe, what, 1964? Yes. A 1964 roll of nickels. Again, $2 value, or slightly over depending on the condition, I guess, maybe. $2 value in current pricing, everyone. Face in current value. value. Yes, that's face value. Selling them right now to be bid upon. Not a buy it now pricing or anything like that. For a dollar. What, 99 cents, actually? Yes. 99 cents is free shipping, right? Yes. So, if if these don't sell, we're going to buy these and make money. Exactly. Might as well. So, wow. Would, would, would you give up a dollar to make two? <coughs> no, never. <laughs> of course I would. But you know what you had to do this week? So, second bonehead, folks, to this gentleman who's selling a roll of a $2 roll of nickels for a dollar, under a dollar. You know, but you had to give up money unnecessarily this week, and so did I. So, on our coin hunts this week, folks... Christina, what did you get in your dollar coins? I got a Canadian loony. You got a dollar Canadian. Which, unfortunately, right now, if you do the conversion, 
one loony equals 77 cents American, U.S. So you got not, I mean, it's a cool foreign coin, and you got to consider yeah. that. I mean, but at the same time, you got a dollar Canadian. Yes. Canadian. That means that that coin that you received is worth 77 U.S. cents. So your coin is only worth 77% of its actual value that you should have had by getting a United States dollar coin. Correct. And the bank teller hand-counted the coins. Well, actually, at least you didn't lose as much as I did in a roll of nickels. I got a penny, just like you got a penny last week. Yes. Again, a one-cent piece, everyone, in, in our audience, right? In a roll of nickels, five-cent pieces. So I lost 80% of the value of that coin. 80% of the value. But keep in mind what we made from getting the caribou made up for it. Uh, true. We broke even or so, made a, maybe a penny or two over. But still, come on. A pen. I remember your reaction to the penny. That was quite funny, everyone. Christine opens this roll of nickels, excited. Sees the penny and says, really? A penny? Really? <laughs> but that was right after I had the streak of gold and got four really cool nickels. That's true. And talking about cool nickels, go ahead and segue into that. Um, we were able to pick up some really good nickels this week, everybody. Um... Thanks to uh, Christina's efforts and whatnot. I think I was able to pick up maybe eight yes. decent nickels. I'm in- working on my quarters right now. And that included a 1939 Jefferson nickel as well. First full year of the Jefferson nickel run. Uh, and a couple of nickels from the 1940s and some from the 50s as well. What we've noticed is really interesting is that every roll of nickels that we tend to pick up, whether it's Christina's nickels or my nickels, tends to have a 1964 nickel in it. At least one. At least one. If not, the most recent roll had three. Yes. Right? So I don't know what's going on with the 1964 run of... Jefferson Nichols, but we got to figure that out. There's lots of them. So, geez, why don't we just buy this, this guy's roll of nickels, resell them? Might as well. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Come on. A 99 cents for a $2 roll of nickels? Ugh. Ugh. Anyway. I think he's hoping that people will be dumb. It's like, oh, it's under a dollar. I'm going to make some money. But then guess what? They're going to like, oh, I'll pay like three bucks. Someone will bid it up so that way he'll make money. That's right. And people, see, that's what happens. That's what happens, everybody. All right, folks, um, if you're still interested in the Weimar Republic coins from 1923 or a set of 1961 Russian rubles, uh, Soviet rubles, um, please do make sure you get out to eBay. We're going to be listing new sets very soon. All proceeds also benefit the Fools Nails Project. So get out there and bid. Uh, they're pretty cool items, folks. They're very affordable, so get out there. Uh, we're also looking at possibly posting additional um, banknotes as well, including a set of three 1976 $2 notes uh, from the Richmond Federal Reserve Bank. Um, as well as a 1953 $2 uh, note as well, along with a 1976 $2 note. So if you're looking to add to your collection, uh, those auctions will be going out uh, soon, probably in the next week or so. so. And we're not going to put a gouging price on it. No, no. We basically just want to be able to either recoup our investment, make a little extra just for the effort of putting them online. We want to help some folks out. And again, all proceeds benefit the Fruitsnells Project. Numismatists re- unite. Yes. All right. So, I'm going to give a couple of updates and announcements, a couple of pieces of good news before we get into the topic. Sure. All right. So, by the way, to everyone in our international audience, thank you for joining us on the episode this week and, of course, your continued listenership. Also, for anyone in the United Kingdom, thank you so much. Uh, I say this because, as of this week, folks, the Frugal Sense Podcast is now a featured podcast on frugalfriends.org.uk. We're really, really excited about that. We're only one of, I believe, a handful of podcasts that has been selected for frugalfriends.org.uk, and now we have a very nice outlet in the UK to syndicate our content. So thank you so much, everyone, for continuing to support the show uh, around the world, and also special thank you to our UK listeners as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, We've also already made that announcement. Also, check it out on Twitter. Um, And uh, other item, folks, 
Um, I won't. I won't say unfortunately. I will say in a constructive way. Um, episode 65 of the podcast may be delayed. We may not be able to release episode 65 uh, as we have been on a continual weekly basis. It may be two weeks before we will return uh, to the airwaves because we are working on infrastructure upgrades for the Frugal Snobs project. Uh, due to the, the demand and the response that we've had for the podcast and also the blog content, we're looking to upgrade our infrastructure to bring you a better experience moving forward and also so that we can, of course, grow so we can satisfy uh, your need to listen to us on a weekly episodic basis. So uh, I'll, I'll give out some additional information. Check out Twitter, everybody, uh, just to get the latest updates on the infrastructure updates. Again, we're in the process of the migration as we speak. So we may not be able to bring you episode 65 as you're accustomed next week. It may be two weeks, but again, we'll be back very soon. All right. Anything else you want to add here before we get to the topic? No. All right. Let's go ahead and talk this week about making a deal. Now, um, this was actually an inspired topic. Um, if you haven't listened to episode 11 of the podcast, get back and listen to it, folks. Go back to episode 11 where we talk about understanding a deal. Now, making a deal is very important in your professional and personal life. You're going to do it no matter what your line of work is, whether it's buying a home, a car, negotiating a salary for a job. Um, and Christine and I were also discussing this uh, regarding actually purchasing coins at, of all places at local pawn shops. Yeah. Right? So um, when it comes down to making a deal, you should first understand the terms of your deal. In other words, what you're willing to give up. Everything is cost-benefit. There's always opportunity cost to everything. What are you willing to give up as part of a deal, right? So you also don't want to give up too much because in, in essence, you never want to be on the losing side of a deal. So in your personal life, when it comes down to it, whether it's buying a car or a home, um, we were just talking about this the other day, how much of a home do you really need, right? How much space do you really need? Do you really need all this space? Um, and again, making this deal for a very expensive piece of property, you often wonder, well, what am I going to do to maintain it? Again, heating, cooling, uh, maintenance on the grounds, etc. That repairs. costs quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, repairs. Good point. So when it comes down to your personal life, making a deal can actually hurt you in some cases. That's also why, I mean, a lot of people have asked why many people continue to rent. They continue to rent properties because there's more freedom. There's more freedom. If you don't like where you live, guess what? Move. Change it. Exactly. When you're, when you're tied into a piece of property, a home, it may be very difficult to get out of the property. And quite frankly, when it comes down to real estate, at least in my own experience, you tend to only really make on a piece of real estate what you put into it. You tend to break even. I know some people uh, have, have be, been fortunate and been able to make money on a property, but in many cases, that's the minority of people. The majority of people are, in essence, uh, going to probably either break even or make basically about what you spent on the property. So, yeah. I mean, when you rent, at least you have uh, freedoms. And even some real estate agents tell you the same thing. A friend of mine who's a realtor down in Florida has really converted solely to a renter-oriented model. Um, it just it, It's a better option. You, you have the freedom to move as you wish. Your lease terms can benefit you as well. Uh, and besides, when you buy a house, unless you're buying a, a very significant piece of property, who else gives you a, 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 an Olympic-sized swimming pool, a gym, a business center, local events? Nobody does when you buy Package a house. Package concierge. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody does that. That's why renting tends to sometimes be a benefit to you. Shuttle services, for example. Yes. Things like that. Use it every morning. You're not going to get that by buying a piece of property or as in terms of a house or a condo. You might live with a condo. You might. But with a house, you're not going to get that. So understand what, what it takes in making that deal for that piece of real estate. Renting, in a way, I think gives a lot more freedom. 
And it makes life a little more interesting because then you can always upgrade. And also, you are not when you rent, you are not tied into your neighbors. That's right, because that's all temporary. <laughs> <laughs> so at any rate, folks, um, definitely consider that when, when buying a piece of property or considering to buy versus rent. Sometimes renting might actually be a little bit better for you. And keep in mind, with renting, somebody else does all your maintenance. Exactly. It's wonderful. You don't have to know anything. You just have to know it's broken. Don't, and, and point. <laughs> that's broken, right? Yes. Sink, toilet, tub, faucet, light fixture, everything. No. When you, when you own that property, guess what you have to do? You are the handy person or you're calling the plumber. Screw that. No. And that means you have to work on their schedule. Change your schedule. That's right. And then pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Exactly. That's right. And that's beyond your mortgage, too. Uh, plus, when you rent, you avoid the property tax exactly. aspect, right? I mean, it's all bundled into your rent. Just pay it once. It's easier. Plus, with utility caps and things like that in some places, ugh, so much bonus. It's a major bonus because you know exactly what you're going to spend every single month. It's a lot easier to budget when you rent, in my opinion. Exactly. Least. You know what's coming. That's right. You know what's coming, and you know what your rights are. And you can plan ahead. That's right. So... Again, when making a deal for a piece of real estate, understand what the risks are involved. And I know everyone's very big about home ownership in the United States, at least. And I'm not sure if that's going to be as positive as people think. All right, so that's the first item I wanted to talk about. When it comes down to um, buying a car, Christina, you always buy used. Always. You never buy a new car. It's stupid to do so. You lose half the value as soon as you drive it off a lot. That's true. But see, you're, you're a car person, so... You essentially will also look at a car, and how often, I mean, how old of a car would you buy? Would you typically buy a car? Is it a year old, two years old? I mean, how old, what, what's your threshold? It depends on what you're, for me, at least what I'm looking for. Or is it, is it depending on use, or just what you're looking for? It, it really depends on what I'm looking for. I know, like, when I got my current car, I had an identical car that I, unfortunately, was in a car accident just four days prior. <laughs> and wait, low, wait, low, wait, 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 so you had your car... You, and which was also used. Yes, I bought it. It was in 08. I bought in December. So 2008. Yeah, I bought it in, in December of 09. I bought my original one. Okay. So then you had a car accident. Yes, someone smashed me into another car. Received your insurance payout. Yes. Right, paid off the other car. Yes. Took the residual money and put it down on your current car. Yes, which plus you know, in another which, car. Which, by the way, folks, bonus to you, Christina owns her car. So it's paid for. Yeah, it's been paid for for over a year now. That's right, it's paid for. That's right. I mean, again, people can, 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 can jab us all we want for buying used cars or even our used peripherals for our smartwatches, for example, but it's paid for. Exactly. Right. It's paid for. Own it. Paid for. But with cars, <clears throat> at least, I at least would get at least a year older. Have a year of, uh, shall we say... Uh, Light love, as you call it. A little TLC on it, lightly. Mm -hmm. But that way, you, you can do your research on how the current model is performing. Is it a gas guzzle? Did the company lie about something? Is everything holding up? The funny up? thing is about the lying aspect is, uh, unfortunately, folks, I'm not going to say what automaker uh, Christina's car was made by, but apparently that automaker tended to also recently lie about emissions testing. That's on their diesel, and I do not have diesel. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm sorry. But it was funny that you said that. I'm like, oh, well, actually, pot kettle, pot kettle. This brand just surpassed Toyota in sales. Well, that's right. You don't like Toyota. I despise Toyota. Well, you also don't like their drivers either. Oh, they tend to be more aggressive and more stupid. <laughs> hey. I'm sorry. Being blunt. Anyway. Speaking from experience. You haven't, you haven't uh, performed your opinion study on, uh, on a Scion yet, have you? Uh, they're just flat out stupid. A Scion? It's part of Toyota. That's, well, that and they're also not made well. I'm sorry. They're, they're cheap. They're just not. Don't say cheap. 
They're frugally made. Uh, they're beyond frugal. Yeah, they're... There's a difference between frugal and cheap. That's true. That's actually very true. Good point. Actually, I want to I segue into that in terms of making a deal. There is a difference between frugal and cheap, but before we get into that, so you always buy a used car. Always. Okay. And you also buy low miles, of course. Yes. Um, and, and also you have the probability of owning it yes. much more quickly. And quite frankly, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it's just a car, but I, I know that you care about your cars, but mm-hmm. in, in most cases, understand, you know, you're fit for use, fit for purpose kind of argument yeah. when it comes down to things like, like a car and things like that. If you know you're going to get something else... Don't don't break the bank, folks. I mean, and plus, don't go for status. And shop online. Yes. And also, there are several websites out there that actually help you find the accurate price of what you should be paying for this car. Right. And also, um, and I'm and they're not a sponsor of the show. I've heard TrueCar is actually pretty decent. They are. I haven't looked at TrueCar in their mobile app yet, but TrueCar tends to and have. And Auto Trader is another good one. Yeah. And I, yeah. Okay. Because I know with TrueCar, they basically show you who's purchased cars new or used of the same make model in your area. Yes. So you can see what others paid for the same car. Right. But and, you, and you can go to a true car certified dealer, take your savings certificate, and guarantee to lock in savings for your car. Yes. But, but I'd say the nice part is we have more than one area we can shop. True. I mean, you can shop in Maryland, Northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. And by the way, folks, anybody in Virginia proper, Northern Virginia is very different than Virginia. I want to make that very, 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 you very that clear. Last week. Yes, I did. <laughs> Northern Virginia is extremely different than Virginia. I mean, Northern—that's why it's called Northern Virginia. That's what I was told by people. That that's why we call it Northern Virginia. Very different. The economics are very. It might different. as well be a separate state. Yeah, it should be. I mean, the economics are completely different here, in terms of the the wages, the, the opportunities, the the pace Population. of life, and the pace of life. I mean. Um, I'm not trying to say Virginia's a bad place, but you leave Northern Virginia, it's like a whole other country. <laughs> so, at any rate, Virginia and Northern Virginia are very different things. And anybody in our national audience or international audience that isn't, of course, obviously in the area, I want to make that very clear for you as well. Do not think the two are the same. They are not. Just because they're all Virginia doesn't mean anything. That's right. That's why there's a demarcation mm-hmm. of Northern Virginia. Again, bottom line, folks, if you're, if you're in the international audience or even anywhere else in the United States, basically Northern Virginia is a hub of wealth. Yes. It is. Of general wealth, there is a lot of wealth in Northern Virginia. You're not going to find that same uh, level of prosperity, shall we say, throughout the rest of the state. So, An hour away from D.C., it's two different worlds. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I grew up an hour from D.C. on the other side of D.C. So I lived out in the country as well, and it is a very, very different place. Um, I lived on the Maryland side of D.C., though. It's right up in God's country. <laughs> and by the way, for any of our listeners in the state of Maryland, hello, my fellow Marylanders. That's right. Hey, what? God's country. I mean, come on. <laughs> Every time that we've crossed the border into Maryland, what do, I, what do I tell you to do with your car? You stop and do what? Kiss the ground, right? Exactly. You know why? Because Maryland is what? God's country. It's God's country. But do I? No. You should. We have a cool flag. We love crabs, and we're always right, and we're very smart. Keep in mind, I can't have crabs. That's <laughs> your problem. That's <laughs> your problem. You know what, Trent? Get out. Get out of my state. That's right. But we're not in your state. That's right. And we're not going to your commonwealth of Pennsylvania either. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. I'm just a very proud Marylander, and I also lived in Texas for a while, so Texans are also very proud of their state. Anyway. Back so on topic. Yes. Yeah, so you only buy a used car. Um, but just be smart about the deals that you make, yeah. folks. And it also extends to your professional life. So... When it comes down to your professional life, I want to talk about two key areas of making a deal, both for a new job as well as um, a promotion. So with a new role, folks, I mean, I can speak from my own experience of my role. 
taking on a new opportunity, I mean, may be great for you, but also look at, and you also may look at the salary. Everybody looks at the salary typically, but I'm yeah. thinking, what goes into that salary? Are you going to be working a 40-hour week or more? Probably more. And don't get blinded by numbers. That's right. Also, cost of living is very different. I mean, if you're living in, I don't know, Des Moines, Iowa, and somebody offers you a $150,000-a-year job in, like, New York City, that's not much. And I, and I don't want to offend anybody of our listeners in New York City, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not as much as you think. You know, it's, it's just not. I mean, everything costs a pretty penny everywhere. Why do you think as the frugal snobs, we always try to bring savings to everyone? We live in a major city. Yeah. Therefore, a major city will cost you a major amount of money, right? So uh, keep that in mind. M- keep in mind where you're going. Also, with, the, with making a deal for a new role, you can also look at downsizing as well. And, and that comes down to things like finding housing in that area. I had to do it coming up from Tampa, Florida. I, was, I rid myself of thousands of dollars of donated items because I just didn't have the space. And that's okay because every once in a while you need to simplify some things. It also is a better excuse for you to buy new when you're ready. <laughs> so it's a good excuse. I had this, now I don't, now I need new, and I'll buy new. So uh, keep that in mind also. Also when it comes down to a role, don't be blinded by an offer, to Christina's point, the numbers. Also look at the package you're being offered from benefits. Look at your insurance premiums. Look at how much vacation you might get. Look at if they're going to relocate you or not. Now, in my role, I was not relocated in terms of I wasn't given a stipend. Some cases you might be. I was not. I was a little perturbed by it. But my company did make up for it for a couple of different reasons. The first is I was given comps for given days for moving. What that means is I was paid for those days during my move. It wasn't an unpaid day. So essentially I was being paid for not even performing labor for those couple of days I was traveling and moving. So that helped to make up for part of it, right? The other part of it is if you have a steady promotion path or career path for you, um, it's going to be worth it making that move. It's worth the investment of the, the thousands of dollars that you're probably going to end up spending to move if you can recoup that over a broad spectrum of skills and you're able to build your skill set in that company. So that, that is kind of worth it. I know some people say, well, I didn't get a relocation package, so I didn't take the job. Don't be uh, short-sighted. Yeah, in don't that let area. that hold you back because it could actually pay off dividends. It certainly paid off for me for a couple of reasons. One, I was able to at least recoup those funds through, through salary and learning. Of course, I mean it's no different. I mean if I'm going to learn something, it's like paying a couple thousand dollars to take a training class. Exactly. It's no different. It's just you just focus it. Tax right off. And I met you, Christina, so it was worth True. it. True. And we got this going. That's right. Isn't that nice? Yes. That's right. That was nice. Nice little segue for me. I got myself some brownie points. <laughs> so that was definitely worth it. Um. Also, when it comes down to your professional life, when it comes down to getting promoted, same thing goes, folks. If you're going to be asked to move or relocate to another part of the country or the world for a role, look at the non-monetary benefits that you are going to get or lose. Right? I know families are very important to everyone. Um, I grew up as a corporate kid, so we moved every couple of years with my dance jobs. And I was not asked about it either. It was more like, all right, we're moving, and we're leaving in three weeks. But keep right? in mind, like, if you're moving for a job, you might be getting a pay bump, but yet also then moving to a cheaper area to live. That's true. I mean, a good example is, for example, you're working based out of California or New York State um, or another state where the cost of living is relatively higher, especially, like for example, in the Northeast or New England. Mm-hmm. And you can then relocate working remote to a less expensive state. So, for example, I have a former coworker who's now living in Austin, Texas, but basing his salary out of San Francisco. So now you have a very nice adjustment in pay, and you're living in a less uh, in a less high cost of living state, so a cheaper state essentially. Yeah. So housing is cheaper. You're able to make more money. Save more money. Your state taxes can also be lower, um, as well. But in certain, but but folks also keep in mind 
uh, when making a deal for a new role or promotion. If you're moving from a state in the United States, at least, or a region uh, where you might have different tax tax uh, uh, brackets and whatnot in terms of state taxes. For example, I moved from Florida, which does not have a state income tax, but Virginia does. Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind that those taxes for the state come off your federal anyway, right, if you're in the United States. So it's like, well, is it really that big of a deal? Because you're going to pay it either now or later. to the state, or, you can, or you're going to pay the combined total on your federal and state when you file anyway. So you're going to pay the same amount. It's just do you pay it to the federal government or do you split it between state and federal? Does that make sense? Yeah. Does make sense? Plus, also, if you live in a state with no state income tax, I believe there's six in the United States, six or seven, I think. Yeah. Texas and Florida are part of that as well. Um, keep in mind that state sales tax... Are going through the roof. Yes. Yes. So keep in mind, they're going to get their money out of you one way or another. If it's not federal taxes or state taxes, it's in local consumption tax. Exactly. So, and property taxes, too. Like with Texas, for example, I mean... I was shocked when I saw, I think it was 8% sales tax when I was there. Yeah, you go to places like Dallas where you have both a state sales tax and a city tax. Yeah. So you might have anywhere between 8 and 13 or 14%. Same thing in California. You have a 15% state income tax. It's 13 to 15, but depending on income. They do well, have a tiered. System. Okay, well, I'll assume 13 minimum, right? Yes. That's insane. However, it's going to come out of your federal. So what's the difference? Uh, but isn't that state also going through like a financial crisis right now? Is it, is it never? True. You know what I mean? If it's not that, it's a resource and energy crisis. So, at any rate, folks, um, definitely keep all of that in mind. Is there anything else you want to talk about about making a deal, or do you want to wrap it up this week? I think we're good, because that's, we really hit on the life aspect of making a deal, not, oh, I'm going to negotiate the price for this coin or this car or whatever that's right, you're we, trying to get. Yeah, we negotiate everything. You know us. <laughs> Prices are simply suggestions. Exactly. <laughs> that's why they say MSRP. It's the manufacturer retail suggested price. price. Yeah, MSRP, the manufacturer suggested retail price. We can't underscore that enough. Yeah. Anyway, folks, all right, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. By the way, everybody, um, if you are looking to um, contribute to a new podcasting network, get out there and submit your podcast to podcastroyale.com. Again, it's Frugal Snell's project, and we're looking to build our own network of interesting and unique podcasts. Um, again, it's a project that we've been working on sporadically. We need to focus more of our time on it. And you're also going to see some changes coming to the Frugal Snobs as well. We're going to be revamping the, web, the homepage, the website. Um, it's going to have actually much more of a feel for a radio show uh, for podcasting. We're really looking forward to focusing more of our energies on podcasting. You're also going to get some programming changes as well to this show going forward. So we've got infrastructure changes coming, design changes coming. We have some audio changes coming uh, to consuming this show. We're constantly focused on getting the podcast out to additional networks. And, of course, if you'd like to help us out to build a unique podcasting experience, please get out there and submit your favorite shows. Or if you're a grassroots podcaster and want to get started on a new network as a featured podcast, get out there and submit your shows at podcastroyale.com. Again, it's podcast, R-O-Y-A-L-E.com, all one word. It's a Frugal Snouts project. And, of course, Frugal Snouts podcast will be an inaugural flagship show on the network. We'll bring more details on that as we move forward. You ready to wrap this up and wrap into the sunset? Exactly. Let's go. All right. Be well. Never pay your retail, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the episode this week. And we'll be back, if not next week, in two weeks. But we'll keep you guys all posted. Again, follow us on Twitter for all the latest updates. Be well. Never pay retail. Take care, everybody, and each other.